0: Well, they're not questions that you ask, like, on the first friend date, you know? Yeah, (laughs) right, 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 right. You know, I I don't recommend asking these to new friends, but let the Enneagram be a way in which you can express yourself to your friends more clearly and more correctly. This is a show about self-discovery. About understanding ourselves. About looking into the mirror to see the good. The bad.
1: And the unknown of who we are.
0: This is about how we relate to God.
1: And everyone else.
0: From Love Thy Neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Inia cast.
1: Welcome to the Enneacast. I am Jesse Eubanks. And
0: I'm Sam Stevenson.
1: And every episode we walk you through the Enneagram. And today we come to the season two finale.
0: (laughs) Everything that we've been working for has culminated to this moment in time.
1: Gosh, that's a lot of pressure. Everything we've worked <laughs> for culminates in this moment. That's
0: what it feels like. That's... We
1: are Avengers in game. Yeah. Uh okay, so Sam, what are we talking about today?
0: We're talking about friendship because of all the relationships that we have available to us on Earth, you know, parent-child, husband-wife. There's none that is more universal than friendship. So we wanted to take some time in our series of the Enneagram to talk about how does this stuff get worked out? Because a lot of what we're talking about and what we've been talking about gets worked out in the container of friendship.
1: Yeah. And there's nothing more important. I mean, if we think about our lives, the greatest joys that we have, as well as the deepest wounds that we have, it all comes out of relationship, right? And friendship, it's high stakes, you know? Friendship like carries a lot with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so in today's episode, we're gonna just talk all about friendship. We're gonna talk about what are some of the struggles of friendship, you know? Everybody's got different Enneagram types and different personalities. But also, what are some of the joys of friendship? But first, let's let's just talk about this. Let's talk about what friendship actually even is. And in his book, The Friendship Factor, Alan Lloyd McGinnis says that friendship really functionally has two major ingredients, and those two ingredients are activities and sharing. And so, activities are like the things that we do together. It could be anything from like coworkers. So, like Sam, you and I, you know, we're coworkers. Like we do things together at. Work and at the office, but also activities are things like hobbies or trips or serving together. So you got activities on the one side, but then you have sharing as this other ingredient. And sharing is just all about like. I'm literally letting you into my inner world. I'm telling you about the details of my life and what's going on. I'm sharing with you about who I am. So it's not just the things we do, but it's actually who I am and what's going on in life.
0: Yeah, I think it's a really important to draw both of those kind of aspects of friendship to attention because I think that you know certain Enneagram types may gravitate more toward the activities thing and never do any sharing Whereas other enneagram types may focus on the sharing but never actually get out of the talking and and actually do things together. So to that to that point, I would say that the the richest friendships that I have have a good healthy balance of we're just going to hang out and do nothing, or we're going to you know go for a walk, or or go explore parts of the city, but then we also uh, can kind of pull back the curtain and start sharing.
1: Yeah, totally. All of that is absolutely correct. Like good, healthy friendships have this really wonderful balance of activities. We do things together, but also sharing. We share ourselves with one another. We get ourselves into trouble when we begin to lack one, uh, one of those ingredients. Okay, so Sam, all season, I've made you tell <laughs> us the bad news.
0: I am ready to maybe share some other kind of news. Yeah.
1: Well, how about you tell us the good news about friendship? I'll let you go first. You tell us the good news.
0: Okay. Um. So yeah, there, there are a lot of great perks to friendship and a lot of great experiences and joyous occasions that happen. Um, we see all over scripture, you know, talking about how to endure through trials and to rejoice in times of, of joy and gladness, um, really just sharing gifts with one another. You know, I think about how A couple of weeks ago, um, I was talking to some people and we talked about just um, wanting to improve the quality of our life and our health and and particularly as it relates to food and how we experience food and our relationship to it. And so, you know, long story short, we ended up, you know, finding a recipe and making a meal together and um, each person brought their own ingredients. Each person had their kind of different levels of expertise you know hey i'll chop the veggies you you start on this you know i'll bring the seasoning you you know you'll provide the the dressing or whatever and so i think as we kind of did that it was it was honestly like a a great parable for friendship i have a gift to bring and my friends have kind of let me in on like hey i'm really appreciative when you share that but then also Um, being able to receive the gifts and the giftedness of my friends. um,
1: As Christians, we believe in a Trinitarian God. Right. So we believe that God has always existed in friendship, in community, and that God himself by design does not actually exist all on his own. Even within himself, he is three persons. Mm -hmm. And that's a mystery, but the reality is like, we're made in his image. So it's a bananas idea that that we think we can like just roll on our own and we're going to be okay. Yeah,
0: We are not amoebas of Christ. We are the body of Christ. Right. And so we need all parts work together. And in a mysterious way, all the components of who we are need each other. So that's the great news about friendship is that there's all this, this great potential, this great uh, endurance, this great dance that we can do. But there are some pitfalls and some real dangers and some real wounds that can come out of What happens when friendship goes south? So, Jesse, you tell them the bad
1: news of friendship. I guess it is my turn. Um... (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about the bad news that we encounter in friendships. And it's not like this is going to be all encompassing, but just here are a few things for us just to think about. Mm -hmm. And the first two things are problems that we impose on ourselves and the problems that we can bring into our relationships, into our friendships. So the first thing is just superficiality and compartmentalization. We only kind of exist at a surface level. We're not letting people into the deeper terrain of who we are. Maybe in some cases it's because we're not even cultivating a deeper terrain ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we're just functioning at a very surface level in our friendship. So it's everything is about tasks, you know, or it's about facts and figures, but there's very little interpersonal exchange, and exchange, and which is the idea of an exchange of self. And so we don't cultivate friendships where we actually share burdens with each other. We tend to hide ourselves, uh, the things that we are struggling with, the things that we're afraid of, the things that are happening that we know are about to eat us alive. Like we just don't tell anybody.
0: And a lot of that, I wonder, doesn't even happen on a conscious level sometimes. Like right. I wonder That's if right. it's just like you've kind of like, got no know someone to... goes,
1: I love being dysfunctional,
0: or like you know i think that there's just like an obliviousness that comes when you're like well my friends don't want to know that about me like that's not any of their business or they don't they don't care about me that much and i think there's just this false script that that runs of like this part of me doesn't really matter this part of me i can kind of keep hidden but we would see in scripture and that we would we would see in our own lives that that's just not true like the the way forward in friendships is by vulnerability and through connection and through shared intimacy and shared struggle. So yeah, um, yeah so that is, I can totally see why superficiality would be a major problem in friendship.
1: Yeah. And so some of the Enneagram types that probably just want to keep an eye on this a little bit more than others would be folks that, that have some non-resourceful three, some non-resourceful five, some non-resourceful seven, and some non-resourceful eight. And again, going back to, we're not saying that's necessarily even your core type, because remember that as people, we have all nine of the types present in us to greater or lesser degrees. And if uh, you have some of those ingredients inside of you, some of that non-resourceful in those types, uh, you want to just be mindful of this problem. Yeah, I
0: think that's really good. Okay, so
1: what is problem two? Yeah, the second problem I think that folks run into is just over-idealization. In other words, like they just have really unfair and unrealistic expectations of their friends. And a lot of times these expectations are just, they go unspoken, but they are also unattainable. And so the people around them just cannot live up to the burden that's being put on them. And so as a result of that, a lot of times, the folks will try to befriend somebody who's got just really over-idealized ideas of friendship and they back away pretty quick because they just realize I can never live up to what this person wants for me.
0: Yeah, it's it's all talk and no action. I, I get the sense of like somebody that that kind of longs to have things away a certain way, but they have no real track record of how that's kind of how how has that been successful. So people that may be more prone to that over idealization are people with a high non-resourceful two, high non-resourceful four, non-resourceful, six, seven. Um, nine, one, I think you could even throw three and eight in there. Honestly, all of us, <laughs> like the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, no, I yeah. can totally see yeah. how all nine types, especially in yeah. the non-resourceful stuff, can just have over-exaggerated expectations that are just not based in reality.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And some of that stuff even comes up, you know, if you go back to our boundaries episode, I think there's even some elements of the codependent kind of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that, that comes up in that. So those first two categories are really, those are self-imposed problems. Those That's like our side of the deal. That's what we're bringing to the table. Uh, But the third one is just wounds, you know, and wounds are something that um, has been imposed on us. And the reality is if like if you have been alive for more than 18 months of life, (laughs) like you have suffered a friendship loss at some point, a friend has harmed you, hurt you, betrayed you. Let you down. They either said they were going to do something and didn't do it, or you had an expectation that was honestly a fair one, a decent expectation, and they just completely dropped the ball. And the question for us as we go forward is just like, how do we recover after friends hurt us? You know, how can we be vulnerable? After we've experienced heartache, how can we be vulnerable when we've experienced abandonment? We just get stuck in these these this place of woundedness. Yeah,
0: I think you know, and it's hard. I think to even open yourself back up after hurt, and and when we talk about woundedness, we're not necessarily um, talking about really unhealthy, toxic friendships. We're talking about just the the unintended consequences when two broken people try to try to make it in this world. So, yeah. um, we aren't suggesting that to go back and to return to a toxic uh, friend or or relationship. But we are acknowledging that sometimes things that just happen that are outside of our control and we want to grieve those and we want to allow space for those to heal. So, Jesse, those are like all the problems of friendship. Please give us some hope. Like, where can we move forward? How can we build better
1: friends in our lives? Okay. So, Sam, are you ready? Because <laughs> we're going to do a segment right now called Friendship Superpower Cheat Sheet. Okay, so the way that we're going to do this segment is this. For every Enneagram type, there are key questions that you as a friend can ask them. So in other words, Sam, you're a nine. There are key questions for the nine that I could ask you that will help me be the best friend possible for you as a nine. And so we're going to go through each of the nine types, and we're going to tell you the best questions that you can ask this friend. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Why don't you kick us off with type number two.
0: Yes. So type twos, as you should know by now, type twos are the helpers. And so they're really good at sensing other people's needs, but have a hard time seeing that in themselves. So we think that a good way to start with them is to ask them, what do you need? Um, if they can't answer that, or if they say, I'm fine, whatever. Okay, then ask, what do you not need? And third question, you can say, how can I give you space? Because a two is always going to be thinking about their needs in terms of you and and how it's gonna impact your friendship. So just say, hey, how can I give you space? And let them answer.
1: Yeah, and a lot of times space uh, comes in the form of solitude. Mm -hmm. So so space in the form of solitude. Okay, for type number three, the effective achievers, our questions for these folks, if you wanna be an awesome friend. Who are you apart from what you are doing? Uh, Get them to describe that. Get them to describe who they are that has nothing to do with their career or their goals. Where have you failed? This is really important because it gets them in touch with their emotions. And finally, how has God's grace spoken to your failures? Get them to remember about how tenderly and beautifully the Lord has responded to their failures because it's going to allow them to feel like, oh, wait, I don't always have to just identify with my success. I can also just identify with God's goodness and that I'm both successful and a failure at times.
0: Yeah, that's good. Okay, so type fours, the creative, individual, originalist... Can the ordinary be enough for today? Can you be satisfied? And can you be present in the here and now? That's going to be really important for your four friends because they may be kind of stuck in nostalgia or they can be stuck in longing for the future. And so to ground them in the present is going to be really helpful.
1: Okay, moving on to the head triad for type five for the investigators. How are you giving yourself away Um, So how are you sharing yourself emotionally, giving yourself away, sharing yourself relationally with other people? Mm -hmm. Uh, So center the questions around those.
0: Yeah, not just sharing more facts about the thing that you've been thinking about, but actually like, what are your feelings about it? What's your take on it emotionally? Okay, so that was five. Uh, Type six, the loyalist. They struggle with fear. And so a good question for them is how can you step in and assert your giftedness? And where can you be courageous? Really, it's important to encourage your six friends to remember When they've been brave in the past, because that will remind them that they have what it takes to be brave and
1: and to live without fear here in the present. Okay, so type seven, the enthusiast. The questions for these folks, can you be present and enjoy the moment even if it's not special? And can you stay committed even if something better comes along? So these questions are important because the sevens tend to get that monkey mind going and they bounce from thing to thing and they begin to daydream about whatever's next. And sometimes they'll have those huge expectations on a moment and then the moment arrives and it's so disappointing because it didn't live up to the expectations. And so the question a good friend can ask them is uh, is just... Questions along the lines of helping them embrace the moment for what it is and still see it as good.
0: Mm, That's good. Okay, so type eights, moving on to the gut triad. Eights are the powerful person, the challenger. They are really strong. And so a good question to ask for them, how are you humbling yourself? How can you be merciful at work with your spouse, with your friends? Ask them to be specific, remind them of mercy, remind them that that Christ has shown us mercy and that through his mercy, we can extend mercy to others and ask them, you know, who do you respect and why? You know, I think that eights can get kind of hung up on this issue of respect. And so to remind them, like, what type of person do you respect? I think will help them kind of remember, you know, what about them do I like? Gives them something to
1: kind of look toward. Okay. Type nine, the peacemakers. The questions for these folks, what do you want to step toward? Where have you exerted yourself? Uh, what does it look like to declare yourself? How are you numbing yourself? What are you frustrated about? And, you know, as with all types, a lot of times, you know, if they can't identify how I'm doing these things now, get them to access a memory. So get them to time travel, go backwards in time and think about a time in which they exerted themselves, a time in which they did step towards something. It'll jumpstart their minds and get them going.
0: Okay. So the last one is our type ones. And a good question for them is how do you relax? What do you do to calm your inner critic? And what do you do for fun? You know, ones, we love ones because of the righteousness that they bring, the order that they provide. But a good trick is to just remind them that that there is joy to be had in this life. And so to ask them, you know, how can we quench that voice in your mind that's telling you to keep going and going and going? Um, and a lot of that does come through
1: uh, relaxation and fun so uh, no surprise if as you listen to this list it becomes pretty obvious why we need friends this shows why having good friends is just really important because we need friends to be able to ask us these questions and then give us space to honestly answer them and the truth is this these are not easy peasy questions these are not like you know
0: well they're not questions that you ask like on the first friend date you know yeah <laughs> like, right 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 they they you kind of need to read the friend a little bit before you can start to say like hey like what would it look like for you to be more merciful you know you know, yeah. I, I don't recommend asking these to new friends, but let the Enneagram be a way in which you can express yourself to your friends more clearly and more correctly.
1: Yeah. Okay. So those are your friendship superpower cheat sheet questions. <laughs> so when we come back, Sam and I are going to be talking with you about how to build an inner circle of friends. Stay with us. Sam, can I ask you a question? Uh, yep. Like... Really deep down, like why did you do Love That Neighborhood?
0: I looked at my life and I recognized that there was something missing and I think that Love Thy Neighborhood provided that for me and, and it was a space to figure some things out, to breathe, to, to really see what my gifts are and I could just tell that the type of person that I wanted to be five years from now, I couldn't get there without some help.
1: Well. I mean, that's exactly why we created the program, right, is to give people a little bit of template, a little bit of help and assistance and coaching in this next season. Yeah, a blueprint to be able to follow forward into this next season of life.
0: You know, we don't just say it because it's empty words. We really do. There are people on the other end that that care about you and we want to be a space for you to come and learn and grow and learn about yourself, learn about the the world and the way that the Lord's made you and what your place is in it.
1: So if you're between 18 and 30 years old and you're wondering what's next, what does God have for me? in this next season of life. Head over to org, and you can learn all about this ministry and the opportunities that we have for folks just like you to get involved and to be a part of what God is doing in the city.
0: Go online to apply at lovethyneighborhood.org.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Cast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Sam Stevenson. Okay, so now Sam and I want to talk with you a little bit about how to build deeper Christian community. Because, you know... As you've said before, Sam, it's like it's a little weird to be like, hey, go make friends. Uh, Yeah, it
0: just feels like a great idea, but like I would benefit maybe from some practical steps. So that's why we're gonna give these away to you now.
1: Yeah, okay. So we're talking about like building this inner group of friends. And to be specific, the process that Sam and I wanna talk about is actually building a triad. Like it's this idea of, you know, yourself plus two other people. Getting together on a consistent basis to do some deeper life together. And so this process that we're about to talk about is literally how to build a triad and how to build this inner circle of friends. And um, if you haven't already, you can actually head over to org slash just for you. And you can get our free download, Created for Community, Nine Steps for Building Better Christian Friendships. But we've actually condensed it down to an easy six steps for today's episode. Okay, so Sam, kick us off with step number one.
0: Yeah, so I think it's important to find people with a shared vision. You know, we want authentic friendships. And so um, to that end, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, when there is no vision, the people perish. And so um, a great place to find people that share your similar visions, maybe our church or small groups or campus ministries. We just encourage you to find people that are going to be driving toward the same you know destination as you because you guys are going to be on a journey together. We want to make sure you're going to end up in the same Place,
1: so to speak. Yeah. So. Yeah. And one element of that is this: is that even when you begin to think about the personality types to include in the center circle of friends, one of the things that I found really helpful is that the guys that I meet with. So I'm in the heart triad. One of the guys is in the head triad, and one of the guys is in the gut triad. And that's actually really helpful because I'm going to tell you right now, if like we were all in the heart triad, it would just be like a hot mess. So the fact that we're all coming from different perspectives really helps us to see things. You know, it helps me be able to see things that I wouldn't see otherwise and vice versa. So don't just create an inner circle of friends that are just, you know, your same Enneagram type and see things the same way that you do. But try to bring some diversity into that inner circle. Okay, so that was step number one. Jesse, what's step two? Okay, so step number two is to meet regularly and privately. The idea is that, like, after you've done step number one, where you find people with a shared vision, that then out of that large group of people, you identify a couple of them that you want to start to meet with and that you start meeting with them regularly and you start meeting with them in private. Once a week is ideal because meeting consistently and regularly is really crucial for developing intimacy and even beginning to develop, like, a sense of, like... What are the regular themes that are showing up in this person's life? Like, my guys in my group totally know when I'm like, I'm cycling again. Like, I'm like going through the same old script again, Mm -hmm. you know? And they can kind of gently, you know, draw my attention to that. And they're like, you know, every three months or so, like, you bring this up. What's your plan for addressing that? The other thing, too, is, you know, when you meet together, make sure that you're sharing your burdens, not just your joys. The guys that I meet with, we have a slogan, Uh, we say, lead with your weakness. So whatever it is, the big thing you're carrying that week, bring that to the group. Sometimes that might be an issue of sin. And I definitely, I believe in accountability, but I don't necessarily believe that every single week is going to be you going, and I sin this way, and I sin this way. A lot of times it's literally just the burden that you're carrying. Uh, You want to pray for each other while you're together. You want to turn off your phones. Don't leave your phones on while you're together. Get them off the table because we all know what it's like to be like sharing something really like personal. And then like somebody's phone goes off and they start looking at it and you're like, oh, well, that was embarrassing. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, you want to meet where no one can overhear you and you want to take care of each other by protecting each other's privacy. And then finally, avoid giving each other too much advice. You, you just don't want to sit around and just go, oh, well, let me fix your problem. Well, let me fix your problem. Well, let me fix your problem. Like most of the time, a lot of us, like we kind of know what we need to do. The big thing is we need to say it out loud and we need to actually, you know, share it with somebody else.
0: Okay. So that was great for step two. Step three is share your life stories and not just your testimony. So um, obviously we we believe that the moment in which you were converted into a follower of Christ is a very transformative experience. And it's a game changer as far as how you do life. But when we say life story, we mean, you know, start at the beginning. You know, my parents are from this part of the world. I grew up this type of way. I experienced life in this kind of environment and include the point at which you gained a relationship with Christ, obviously, but unpack the whole story because that will give language for you. It will help you feel more known by your friends and loved ones try to keep that space to about 45 minutes um, and that's just mostly a respect to the people listening because once we kind of get into one to two hour long conversations our capacity for hearing and empathizing starts to diminish and so we want to just allow you to feel heard in a way that's actually going to be life-giving for the relationship and so and that also goes without saying but it should be longer than 10 minutes and so 45 minutes is about the goal that we're trying to hit so a lot of people It will be hard to dwindle it down to 45, but for for some people, it may be hard to to stretch it out and to unpack it all to make it to that 45-minute mark. You know, every single Enneagram workshop that we teach the night before, we always do a mapping your life story night where we give you the tools that you need to map your life story. So come visit us. We're going to give
1: you a lot of language for growing in this step. Okay, so that's step number three. Step number four is grow in your self-awareness and relational IQ. I mean, we all know what it's like to hang out with somebody that like doesn't have a whole lot of self-awareness and doesn't have a whole lot of depth. It's pretty tough to go deep. And uh, so some great ways to just do this, to, to grow in your self-awareness and grow in your relational IQ. Congratulations, you're doing one of them. You're listening to this podcast. That's part of our goal uh, as we spend time with you in each episode. Other ways would be things like studying the Bible or being part of a Bible study or doing things like Strength Finder or even reading various books on very specific uh, relational issues or psychological issues or spiritual issues and exploring those more in depth. So grow in your self-awareness and relational IQ. Okay, Sam, what's number five?
0: Yeah, step five is just having shared experiences, especially those that are unplanned. So this goes back to what we talked about in Act One, how friendships are sustained through both activities and sharing. And so we've talked a lot about the sharing component, but now we want to switch gears and talk about the activities piece. So go for walks together, serve together, go to a movie, take a road trip, read a book and discuss it together, have people over for dinner. It's also important to keep in touch. So we recommend whether that's downloading a certain app like Marco Polo or Voxer or GroupMe to keep in touch and and to leave a little bit longer messages. Um, But we encourage just to just check in, to hang out with each other, hang out at your house, you know, um, really try to get into the daily rhythms of each other's lives. Okay, so that was five. Jesse, what's the last step?
1: Okay, so the final step is commit yourself and stay resilient. By committing yourself, here's what we mean. You can't microwave friendships. You just can't make them happen faster than they actually can. And that just takes time. So we encourage you to commit to at least one year. Two or three years is even better. And then prioritize each other. Um, In other words, if you know that on Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. that you always meet with the two other folks uh, in your triad, Protect that time. Don't let other things get scheduled during that time. Prioritize each other. Prioritize trying to socialize together. But here's the other thing. You know, we've talked a little bit in this episode about expectations versus reality and how we can get ourselves into trouble. Let me just say this about expectations. Expect experiences with these folks to be good, but expect that they will be flawed. Because you are meeting with two other human beings that just like you have got issues. They got problems, they got struggles, they got sin, they got insecurity, they got fear. And that means that naturally, this time together, it's going to have issues from time to time. And my encouragement to you is to be gracious. Sometimes it means graciousness means being silent, not saying anything. You know, they got a lot going on right now. I'm not going to beat them up. But other times it means actually speak up. If failings are becoming consistent, then you need to speak up. Hey, listen, I just need to understand we have this time scheduled on Tuesday, but for the last two weeks you've canceled. Is this something you still want to do or is it not? Because if it is, I really want this to be a priority for both of us. Also, practice gratitude and celebration. If something amazing is happening in your group, make sure that you're rehearsing that in your heart and in your mind because it's really easy to get in these things and we get close to people and we just like are so disillusioned and we're frustrated and we just like, oh my gosh, my friends suck and they're terrible and they don't do what I want them to do. And we can just rehearse that stuff over and over in our mind. But it's really important that we rehearse gratitude and celebration. I love the way that the message translation of the Bible says, uh, the passage from Luke 6, it says, here's a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. And I think that that just literally summarizes a bit of what it looks like to cultivate Christian community. Yeah,
0: Jesse, that was really good. Okay. So to refresh their memories, what are these six steps just one by one?
1: So if you want to build an inner circle of friends, a triad that you get to meet with on a regular basis, again, here's our six-step process. Step number one, find people with a shared vision. Step number two, meet regularly and privately. Step number three, share your life stories, not just testimony. Step number four, grow in your self-awareness and relational IQ. Step number five, have shared experiences, especially unplanned. And finally, step number six, Commit yourself and stay resilient. Okay, so when we come back, Sam and I will be playing This or That. Stay with us. You know, the Enneacast is really just one side of the coin for Love Thy Neighborhood. We talk a lot about Christian community, and really that's what we're exploring here on the Enneacast. But the other side of the work that we do at Love Thy Neighborhood is about social action. To hear true stories of Christians engaging really difficult issues, head over to our other podcast, the Love Thy Neighborhood podcast. Every episode, we explore the intersection of social action and Christian community. Everyone gets shot or robbed or sent to prison. Oh my goodness, this person... Who I always loved and admired is somebody actually who has abused and harmed a child.
0: If you've got somebody that is so blind that they want to be in a strip club, what in the world do you
1: tell them? Someone was asking me about, what's your deal? And I'm like, I was a foster kid. And they're like, what do you mean you're a
0: foster kid? What? Most of our clients, it's not their first rodeo. They have been in prison more than once. And I asked myself, what if Jesus was serious about literally loving our neighbors?
1: So subscribe now, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, or you can check us out on Spotify by searching for Love Thy Neighborhood, or head over to lovethyneighborhood.org slash L-T-N podcast. Hey, welcome back to the INEAcast. I'm Jesse Ebanks, And I'm Sam Stevenson. And right now, it's time for this or that. Okay, so we're going to play this or that, and we actually got this content from the Instagram account Just My Anya Type. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've been doing this really fun series called This or That. Uh, it's basically where each type goes through and they pick this or that. They have two different items that they get to pick from. And so you're going to guess what my answers are, and for every single one that you got correct, you get a point. And then we're going to switch, and we'll mm-hmm. do you. Whoever has more points wins.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm going to wish you luck because I've seen all my friends post theirs on Instagram, but I'm like, uh-huh. I can't choose. As a nine, it's really hard to pick one or the other. So uh, may the best person win. And thanks for picking my preferences for me. Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> uh, feel free to change all your answers to what I've said. Okay. Okay. So I'll go first. Uh, so this is for type four. So Sam, do you think that I want to listen to music for pleasure or listen to music to experience my emotions?
0: So my gut says that I I think that you want to listen to music to experience your emotions. I think you have a wide range of music taste, and therefore I think that each one kind of helps you uh, feel some type of way. So I picked the second one.
1: Okay, so the honest answer is both of these things are—it's hard, really yeah. valid, yeah, uh, yeah, for me. But ultimately, actually, I chose the other one. I chose listen to music for pleasure. Okay, uh, and I think of a little bit as, as I get older. I just—I don't know that I always want to be activating my emotions all the time mm-hmm. because it's kind of letting the animals out of the cages. And so, yeah, you don't like drive yeah. around
0: with like your headphones on a yeah. stormy window listening to like Sarah McLaughlin or or maybe I do. <laughs> maybe you do. That's fine if you do. <laughs> uh-huh. We don't care.
1: Uh-huh. Okay, uh huh. Okay. Second one: tattoos or peer Piercings. Well, you
0: don't have your any tattoos, but you do have your nose pier, So I went with piercings.
1: That would be accurate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Piercings. Okay. Third one reading or writing? Uh, reading. Uh, also, really hard one for me. I chose writing, uh, but a little bit arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. So I'm writing right now. I'm starting to work on a book. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm doing more writing, but I, I love reading too. I know. I know. Okay. Yeah. That was a hard one. Okay. Fall or spring? Uh, I picked
0: fall. I think you like fall. Um, I think spring, where we are in the Ohio Valley, makes everybody crazy and itchy and sniffly and sneezy. So I thought you would prefer fall.
1: So I love fall because I got married in the fall. But this year, I really love spring because oh winter sucked this year. It did. It, it was, was a long, was really hard. cold, brutal, dark winter. Yeah. So this year, I am abnormally excited for the for spring. spring. So actually, I chose spring for this year. Yeah,
0: I'm not doing well.
1: Yeah, I'm so sorry. Have you gotten any? Oh, you got piercings. Yeah, you yeah. got one. Okay. Resolved endings in fiction or unresolved endings in fiction?
0: Um, I went with the first one. I think you love a good story, and every story has to have a good conclusion.
1: Yeah, totally. That's exactly what I chose. I do really like it when stories are unresolved. Like, let's say that there's like a five-book series or something, mm-hmm. you know, that there's a story that's unresolved, book one, book two. But I yes, eventually, you got to close it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just let it hang there perpetually, I'm not, I'm not into that. That yeah. frustrates me. Okay, uh, next one. Visual creative expression... Or verbal slash written creative expression.
0: Oh, visual. That one was easy.
1: Yes, totally. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, obviously. I mean, I host I host this <laughs> a show. I host other podcasts. Like, I really enjoy speaking. I like mm-hmm. you know uh, verbal communication. I really like written communication. But I think there's something just incredible when you can take a complex idea and like make it visual. Mm-hmm. I think that's just yeah. Okay. Uh, rainstorm or snowstorm. I chose snowstorm but I think
0: you probably would prefer a rainstorm. I, I think snowstorms just... Wait, so which one did you choose? I chose snowstorm but can I change my answer to rainstorm?
1: You or... can, but then you'd be wrong. Oh, I no! chose snowstorm. <laughs> you did? Yeah.
0: But you hated the winter.
1: Yeah, but I like getting snowed in. I like like the idea that like everything gets canceled for the day. Oh man. Yeah. I'm going to yeah.
0: unchange my answer to get the point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with your original answer. Okay. okay cool. Local coffee or craft beer?
0: For you, I know you don't like coffee, so by default I chose the second one.
1: Well the problem there is I also don't like beer. So (laughs) which one uh, did you choose? I chose local coffee, but by that I mean local coffee shops. Yes. (laughs) So Yeah. Yeah. So if I had to go to like a local pub or a local brewery or Mm -hmm. like a local coffee shop, I'm gonna choose a local coffee shop. Okay. Okay. And last one, going to a party with friends or coffee with a friend.
0: I chose coffee. I think you like parties when it's people that you know and it's you know, just closed circles, but I think like you also like the one-on-ones with people. What did you choose?
1: I chose coffee with a friend. Yes, or not coffee because yeah. I don't like coffee.
0: Or just like coffee shops with a friend.
1: So I chai with a friend. Yeah, I much prefer one-on-one because you can kind of you can kind of talk about more substantial things too. Mm-hmm. I don't do small talk real well, mm-hmm. and so. uh yeah. Let's so. just get deep. Yeah, let's just get deep. Get <laughs> deeper. Go home. Okay, so Sam, you got five out of ten. I did? Yeah, five out I of ten. I thought just got three. No, five out of ten. I'll take those. Yeah, so good job. All right, you're going to get all of these right, I think.
0: Unless the self I don't know, man. They're hard. So for the 9, it was and as a self-forgetful 9 I'm just like, "Oh, you're right. Maybe I do like that." Okay, I'll change my answer. Like it's like, <laughs> like you're like going to tell me what I like and I'm going to be like, "Yeah, you're right." So, I'm not going to let that happen. I have them circled here. I'm not going to show you cuz then you'll know my answers.
1: Can I pressure you into changing your answers no. if you
0: the- <laughs> Don't do, do that. <laughs> All right, Jesse, do I prefer a slow morning or an evening at home?
1: Okay, well, well, the staff just went on a retreat together, Mm -hmm. and you were always the last one up. Yeah, that's true. And so (laughs) I'm going to go with slow mornings.
0: Uh, That's what I chose. Yeah, Yeah. I would prefer that. I love my evenings for my friends. Mostly, I think my friends are more free in the evenings, but I would love to start my day. As late as possible.
1: Yeah. So. Yep.
0: Okay. Would I prefer bundling up in the winter or windows down in the summer?
1: I'm gonna go windows down in the summer.
0: Mm, you're wrong. I was wrong. You were wrong. I love bundling up. I love blankets. I love wearing all my clothes at one time. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like
1: all your clothes at one time. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> like a
0: flannel, a sweater, a coat, a scarf. Oh. Like so- like I love wool socks. You know, it's just like very cozy. So, so.
1: you enjoy winter in general. Then? I do.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's my good. Grizzly to know. bear I like to hibernate. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right so would i prefer a vacation or a staycation dude i was i am not sure on this one Mm -hmm. i kind of had to roll the dice uh i actually i'm gonna go vacation
0: i chose staycation oh you did yeah like vacations often throw me off of my routine and and throw me off of like chores or seeing people or catching up or just having like leisurely time to explore so i I might go to like the park or i might go to like somewhere still kind of local um on a staycation but yeah, vacations, there's just so much prep work. You gotta do all that laundry, you gotta drive, yeah, you, do. you gotta plan. And I'm just like, let's just stay home and like do stuff that we don't normally get to do. So, okay,
1: all right. Well that's vacation. good to know. Yeah. Okay, okay.
0: Okay, so stargazing or sunbathing.
1: I don't see the sunbathing thing happening, <laughs> you know, but I see more of the stargazing. Yeah, that's what I chose. Yeah, and that even that is like a maybe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know that I do either. I understand why the the curators of this account chose those things because they're both just kind of Lounging around outside um, at different times of the day. But yeah, I definitely chose stargazing. I get too hot and I just like want to go inside during like when it's I do not like the summer Um, here. Maybe it's the humidity. So, yeah, stargazing. Um, Okay, next one. Summer thunderstorm or being snowed in?
1: Well, I'm I'm hoping in light of your love for winter that I've just (laughs) come to learn uh, that being snowed in.
0: Yeah, that's the one sweet for the same reason everything's canceled and i can just stay in my blink. yeah right yeah <laughs> okay uh next one nostalgia or daydreams
1: i think you've got some nostalgic elements to you but i think more daydreams so i put daydreams no Mm-mm. the opposite yeah
0: i'm very sentimental
1: i'm always really thinking, mm-hmm.
0: i think i had a really picturesque like childhood and i've always had great friends great community great family and i'm and I wonder if it's like a lack of creativity to actually daydream like a scenario. Mm-hmm. I think I'm much more thinking backwards than I am forwards in a lot of yeah. ways, so
1: okay, yeah, well that makes sense. That makes sense,
0: yeah, um, okay, driving or riding shotgun
1: uh riding shotgun, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. again. It's, why? Why be the person in charge? When you can be the number two.
0: Yeah, I prefer being number two um, and be the DJ.
1: You get to I can be, be the DJ. DJ. Can
0: be the curator of the snacks. I can. The curator <laughs> of the snacks.
1: I'm gonna put that on a t-shirt. That for you. is
0: my like my business card. <laughs> <laughs> Recruitment manager, curator of snacks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So riding shotgun for sure. I love the the responsibility, but not the total control um, and the occasional ability just to fall asleep. Yeah. It's like you need me? Cool. Checking out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Went through the trees or wind off
1: the ocean okay I I didn't know on this one yeah. so I actually ended up going wind through the trees I,
0: yeah yes! that's true and maybe awesome. that's because of proximity and been around trees more than I've been around the ocean uh-huh. um, but I I'm totally mesmerized by nature and mm-hmm. like seeing all the interconnectedness of trees and all that stuff love oceans though don't get me wrong for all
1: the oceans out there <laughs> I, I love that you were like I don't want to hurt the oceans feelings <laughs> <I know. laughs>
0: yeah. okay next one ability to fly or time travel I'm going to go time travel.
1: Yep. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, you just said you're nostalgic. Yeah. So you go back and see things. Yeah, I guess so. What would you go see?
0: I don't know. Yesterday? (laughs) 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 I don't know. I think... I think... Because I live with such a backwards mentality, I think to be able to go back, I would hopefully live a more present life um, than I currently do. So, mm-hmm. okay, last one going to a party with friends or coffee with a friend?
1: I put coffee with a friend. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm much more likely to show up for a coffee thing than I am a party. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's part of that too, that it's just like, oh, who's going to be there? That might be too many people. I really don't want to go. I'm not going to go. Like, yeah. Uh, whereas coffee, I'm like, they're going to
1: notice if I don't show up. So, I better show up. Okay, <laughs> okay. So, out of the 10, I got seven. You did. So you got five. I got seven. I think it just means that I'm just a better friend. I think that's oh, what that means. I don't. Maybe you're more misunderstood.
0: And so I chose answers for you being a four. You like to keep people guessing. So I let you live in the mystery of only being halfway known.
1: Is that? Oh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Ta-da. Okay. Well, now let's answer some listener questions.
0: Okay, so this one comes from El Papaoso. They ask, are there any types that have a tendency to have opposing views on a consistent basis? My, I guess my follow-up question would be like, is this more about like talking about ideas or trying to engage relationally? So, yeah, yeah, right. So yeah. I wonder if you primarily look at your relationships in terms of information and ideas, um, yeah, you probably will come up against people that disagree, but friendship should contain, you know, both both shared ideals but then also shared uh, preferences and desires. So as far as pitting two
1: types against each other, I don't feel comfortable doing that, but Well, still. I feel comfortable pitting two types <laughs> against each other and okay. I'm going to do it right now. Okay, go for it. Uh, I think that there are there are types that do frequently struggle. I think that that is true. So let me give an let me give an example. I think that sixes and eights have a real kind of push-pull thing kind of going on, you know, sixes can get enamored of an eight's like clarity but then the eight, you know, can do something without thinking. And then the eight, I mean, the six can kind of withdraw mm-hmm. all of their loyalty. Or I think that, uh, for example, fours and fives can have a real difficult uh, relationship at times because fours are like really expressive and really emotional. And fives, that they are the most reserved in the mm-hmm. in those regards. And so fives aren't given the four much feedback. And so uh, so fours and fives can kind of really have a tough time. What's one that like? As a nine, like, mm-hmm. is there a type that you're like, oh, yeah, if I'm not if I'm not aware, I can get into a kind of a a bad mix with with this type.
0: Yeah, I think it just it depends. So that's why it's hard for me, because it depends on the level of health of myself. Sure. And then... Yeah.
1: Both of this. This is all depending on, like, both parties are yeah, um, being a bit unhealthy. I
0: mean, honestly, like really dominating personalities like eight four. Uh, three, seven, like all of those that I can feel like I can kind of get swept up in someone else's energy and and start to merge nines have the tendency to get lost in other people's agenda so anybody with a real uh strong agenda I think this is common for for that and so um I think you know it's a good a good way to start is looking look at the wings on both sides of your type because those types typically are pretty different in contrast so like for example nine is pretty different from the eight and the one. The two is going to feel pretty different than the one and the three. You know, so that's kind of why the Enneagram is built and set up the way that it is, is because the wings offer us something that inherently we don't have in us. currently. Yeah. So, yeah. OK, so this question comes from Ko Watso. They ask, I'm a two wing three and many of my friends are fours. Is there a reason?
1: Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, uh, twos, what are they? What is their growth point? Four. Four. So twos, when they're healthy, they go to the four space where they become more aware of their own needs and their emotional needs. Mm -hmm. And they take better care of uh, themselves and are more aware of where they are emotionally. And fours tend to be more gifted in those ways. And so so it makes perfect sense for a two to be attracted to fours, sort of in the same way that as a four, my growth point is a one. I enjoy the company of ones. I, I really like their objectivity and I like sort of how uh, strong and sure-footed they are. I like their sense of like they don't get too lost in their dreaming and in their emotions. So um, so I think it's common for each type to sort of be attracted to their growth point type.
0: Okay. So this next question comes from Sarah Knows Best, and she asks, are people with the same type more or less likely to get along?
1: Uh, my experience is that they have sometimes, again, they can have kind of a push-pull relationship. So again, it always comes back to like the level of health of each person. Mm-hmm. So you get a bunch of healthy of the same type in the room, and they're going to get along wonderfully. But if they end up, you know, not being so healthy or they activate each other's unhealthy stuff, that's really when the problems start.
0: Yeah. And I would say, too, there are certain types that maybe are gravitated toward people who are like them. And there are other types that are not gravitated to people who are like them. And so I think about really strong personalities like three, sevens, eights. They're going to want people that can keep up with them. But more reflective or slower paced uh, types like that are more introspective, like fours, fives. Um, nine, sixes, you know, all of those, I think too much of the same energy can kind of really kind of activate the, the unhealth in one another.
1: Yeah. So for example, so, you know, for me as a four, when I hang out with somebody who is also a four, if a lot of their non-resourceful stuff is kind of on display, it bothers me even more than other types of non-resourceful stuff because it's such a reflection back on me. But then the inverse: if I'm around another four and they're like really really healthy, but I'm in a place where I'm feeling insecure, then I become envious of their health, you mm-hmm. know. So,
0: but two healthy fours can create yeah. like a uh, cathedrals and in architecture and like in podcast oh. hello duh yeah. like yeah. like yeah. you know so it de- it just depends so
1: well and so again if you think about this you get a bunch of nines together and if it's all the unhealthy stuff you know a nine's going to get irritated by the laziness of another nine. An eight's going to get irritated by the relentless challenging of another eight. A seven is going to get annoyed by the constant indulgence of another seven. And so, again, it's always about the, the lack of health of both people. This last question comes from Jasha Clark. Jasha Clark asks, how can sixes be a better friend to nines? So what do you think?
0: Well, I think the fact that she's asking is already, like, a great step. Um, Good job. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I'm curious about the relationship between six and nine. So sixes and nines are connected. They share an arrow, and so you guys have more in common than you think. Uh, but you're bringing different gifts at the at different times. And so sixes, you're going to be much more thorough and prepared and, and deliberate. And nines can kind of be more uh, whimsical and wafty and, and not really grounded. And so sixes can really bring a grounding presence. But I would watch out because sixes can kind of uh, accidentally – um do too much for the nine and and nines can have an over reliance on the preparedness of their six friends. So So nines, whenever they talk, we kind of wander in our speech. And so sixes are going to try to take everything and try to pin it down in that moment. And I would just allow yourself and allow that nine friend to some breathing room and to not try to categorize things as they're talking. Help them with that once they're done. But nines just kind of need a long runway to get it out of their system. And so a real practical way to help a nine is to just let them kind of have a brain dumping session with you and then maybe try to go back and troubleshoot because your brain is just moving at such high speed that you're already troubleshooting as they're talking. Just give each other a runway, give each other space, but don't let the nine take advantage of your preparedness because we do that without really trying or without being conscientious of that, I would say.
1: Yeah, that's a good word because sixes do tend to be really fast processors. Mm -hmm. And so they tend to know very quickly exactly what they think about a given situation. And they tend to even be able to articulate it fairly clearly and quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And nines just typically don't roll that way. Typically nines just take a little while to kind of sort things out. And Mm -hmm. they need the ability to kind of like pull the item out of the junk drawer one at a time until it's like, okay, okay. This is what I've got on my hands. You yeah, know? it's
0: like it's like untangling jewelry, yeah. <laughs> or like yeah, untangling right. a bunch of right. like rope. You know, it, yeah. it's and sixes may be able to just like diagnose much more quickly. And but to ask that and to be reactive to what a nine is saying might actually shut them down in a way that you weren't intending. So it's gonna be hard, but just slow up on that and, and let them kind of unfold in their in their pace. But spur us along because we need to to land the plane eventually. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a good word. It's yeah. a good word. <laughs> Well, make sure that you come and check out our Enneagram workshops, you know, whatever point in time you're discovering this podcast, we are always leading Enneagram workshops at various times throughout the year. And you can learn more about those by going to org slash Enneagram Workshop. And also, as always, thank you to Crosspoint Ministry that trains Sam and I in the Enneagram. To learn more about Crosspoint or to attend one of their amazing retreats, visit crosspointministry.com.
0: As always, our show is a production of Love Thy Neighborhood. Love Thy Neighborhood is the place where we provide social action internships supported by Christian community for young adults ages 18 to 30. Come and serve with us for a summer or for a year. Here you'll grow in your faith and life skills. Learn more at lovethyneighborhood.org.
1: Today's episode was produced by myself, Sam Stevenson, and Rachel Zabo. Engineering and editing by The Rachel Zabo. Music for today's episode comes from Murphy DX. I'm Sam Stevenson. And I'm Jesse Eubanks. Remember, the eye can see everything but itself. Find people to journey with you because you were created for community.